Hello and welcome to the Mythical Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host and storyteller, Shinjan. I've always been fascinated by the myths and the stories behind those myths in cultures throughout the world. So if you, like me, are interested in exploring these stories behind the myths, then this is the right podcast for you. So without further ado, let's start with today's story. Today's story is the second and final chapter of the saga of Ceres and Proserpine. Today's story is brought to you by Holiday Whispers, your bespoke and personal holiday planner. Visit holidaywhispers.co.uk today for all the help you need and want to plan your next holiday. And the best part is that it's completely free. So get onto that website now and start planning your holiday. Right, let's get on with the story. Ceres and Proserpine, Chapter 2 the return of Proserpine. All this time, while Ceres had been mourning for a lost Proserpine, she had neglected to look after the little seeds that lay in the brown earth. The consequence was that these little seeds could not sprout or grow. Therefore, there was no grain to be ground into flour for bread. Not only the seeds, but all growing things missed the care of Mother Ceres. The grass turned brown and withered away. The trees in the olive orchards dropped their leaves and the little birds all flew away to a distant country. Even the sheep that fed among the water springs in the valley of Enna grew so thin that it was pitiful to see them. Jupiter saw that without Ceres, the great mother, there could be no life on the earth. In time, all men and animals would die for lack of food. He therefore told Iris to set up her rainbow bridge in the sky and to go quickly down to the dark cave where Ceres mourned for Proserpine, that she might persuade the goddess to forget her sorrow and go back to the fields where she was so much needed. Iris found Ceres sitting in a corner of her cave among the shadows, wrapped in a dark blue draperies that made her almost invisible. The coming of Iris lighted up every part of the cave and set beautiful colors dancing everywhere, but it did not make Ceres smile. After this, Jupiter sent the gods, one after another, down to the cave, but none of them could comfort the Earth Mother. She still mourned. Then Jupiter sent Mercury down into Pluto's kingdom to see whether he could not persuade that grim king to let Proserpine return to her mother. When Mercury told his errand to King Pluto, Proserpine jumped up from a throne, all eagerness to see her mother again, and Pluto, seeing how glad she was, could not withhold his consent. So he ordered the black horses and the golden chariot brought out to take her back, but before she sprang to the chariot seat, he craftily asked her, if she would not eat one of the pomegranates that grew in his garden. Proserpine tasted the fruit, taking just four seeds. Then the black horses swiftly carried Mercury and herself into the upper world and straight to the cave where Ceres sat. What a change! How quickly Ceres ran out of the cave when she heard her daughter's voice. No more mourning in shadowy places for her now. Proserpine told her mother everything how she had found the wonderful Narcissus, how the earth had opened, allowing King Pluto's horses to spring out 
and how the dark king had snatched her and carried her away. But, my dear child, Ceres anxiously inquired, Have you eaten anything since you have been in the underworld? Proserpine confessed that she had eaten the four pomegranate seeds. At that, Ceres beat her breast in despair and then once more appealed to Jupiter. He said that Proserpine should spend eight months of every year with her mother, but would have to pass the other four, one for each pomegranate seed, in the underworld with Pluto. So Ceres went back to her beautiful valley of Enna and to her work in the fields. The little brown seeds that had lain asleep so long sprouted up and grew. The fountains sent up their waters. The brown grass on the hills became green. The olive trees and the grapevines put out new leaves. The lambs and the kids throve and skipped about more gaily than ever. And all the hosts of the little birds came back with the crane of Ceres to lead them. During the eight months that Proserpine was with her, Ceres went about again among her peasants, standing near the men while they were threshing the grain, helping the woman to bake their bread and having a care over everything that went on. She did not forget the peasant family of Greece, in whose cottage she had been invited to pass the night and where she had cured little Triptolemus. She visited this family again and taught the young Triptolemus how to plough, to sow and to reap like the peasants of her own Sicily. The time came when Proserpine was obliged to go back to King Pluto. Then Ceres went and sat among the shadows in the cave as she had done before. All nature slept for a while but the peasants had no fear now for they knew that Proserpine would surely come back and the great earth mother would then care for her children again. Thank you for listening to today's story. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach out to me on my Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin or you can email me at iamshinjan at gmail.com so that is I-A-M-S-H-I-N-J-A-N at gmail.com. Please subscribe to my podcast if you've liked my work and don't forget to share it with your friends and family. I look forward to entertaining you with more mythical stories like this going forward. Adios. Adios.